a new chapter for a grace church. Last week we, uh, we said, you know what? Everything's different, but nothing's changed. This week I want to look a little bit at what we mean when we say we're a grace church. Um, we've got a long tradition, a tradition of putting grace first and foremost in our message and in our hearts. We take a lot of pride. We say we're a family church, but what makes family is the way we treat each other, and the way we treat each other is supposed to be based on grace, on the grace that God showed us, and then the grace that we in kind show to each other. If our verse has a theme, or if our church has a theme verse, it's actually probably today's text, a text that um, was one of the first that I learned and memorized as a kid, and one that I hold dear today. I'm hoping, though, that as we look at it today, as a family, with the kids here, we can get something new out of this verse, that we can understand it in a fresh way, that it can speak to us anew. That as we move into this new chapter, we'll have a fuller and deeper, more appreciative understanding of what God's grace is like. And so today we're going to talk about grace and the impossible. We're going to read this text. If you would stand with me as I read it, it's real short. But it goes like this. For by grace you have been saved, through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, so no one should boast. Please be seated. In order to get maybe a new, fresh look at this, I thought that maybe we could look at three different, what I think of as textual keys to understanding this text. And uh, you'll look there, there's a lot of highlighting, but we're really just talking about three different things. We're looking at grace, and then paired with that is at the bottom, gift of God, not of works. Grace and gift. Uh, Paul thinks these words often very much together. So that's one textual key. Another is saved. Saved. We're going to talk, what does it mean to be saved? And then the third is going to be faith. We're not going to do it in that order. We're going to start with saved, then go to grace and gift, and then go to faith. But I think that if we dig in to these textual keys, I think that maybe this text will speak in a new and powerful way to our hearts. So let's look. Uh, First off, saved. All right, kids. This is your chance. It's your chance. This is our first textual key. We're talking about saved. I need a volunteer to tell me what it means to be saved. Yes, Jake. Believe in God. Very good. That's, yes, so that's, that's how we do it. And we're going to talk about that. But what does it mean to be saved? When we say, I'm saved, what does that mean? What does that mean? The gift of eternal life. Gift of eternal life. Excellent, excellent. What else? What else? Rescue. Yeah, yeah. Sam? Not going to hell. Yeah, that's a big one. In fact, a lot of times, that's one of the things, the first things we think about when we talk about being saved. We know that, um, yeah, there's a bad place out there for people who don't believe in Jesus. And we don't want to go there. And so we want to be saved from that, rescued from that, as we brought out. We want to have eternal life, not, not death. Well, uh, it's interesting. Let, let, let's look at how Paul is using this word. And in order to do that, we're going to have to look at a little bit of the context, some of the stuff that's come just right before our verse. So let's look at that. Let's look at the context. Paul says, You were dead in trespasses and sins. But God, who is rich in mercy because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. 
In this text, in this text, in the way Paul's thinking in Ephesians and really also uh, really throughout his, his, uh, his work, when he says being saved, what he's talking about is being saved from spiritual death. Being saved means coming alive. Now, kids, you weren't here. You weren't here a couple weeks ago. Uh, we talked about um, something that you might like, and that's zombies. Uh, we talked about the walking dead. Yeah, yeah, those are fun. They scare my kids. Um, and, you know, look out, though. They, just because they have a little iPad and just because it says it's, you know, the, the app is for kids doesn't mean that there's not going to be some scary stuff on there. You've got to monitor. You've got to monitor. Otherwise, you're going to have kids crying. I know. I've seen it happen. And what will happen, they're, they're clicking, they have a thing called KidTube, Alice loves this, and most of the videos on KidTube are just like, like kids playing with toys. But every once in a while, every once in a while, something pops up, something like a zombie pops up, and Alice comes crying, and then she gets in our bed, which is queen size, not big enough for her, but she jumps in anyway. Uh, these things are real. This is a, zombies, zombies. We were talking about this, we were talking about this a couple weeks ago, that, that sin makes us dead inside. When we have sin in our hearts, we're not alive. We're, we're walking around, but we're walking around like zombies. We don't have real life. We're, our, our life is, is dead, and we're caught up, and we're addicted, and we're, 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 we're owned by our sin. And then the reason this is such a big problem, the reason this is such a big problem is a little bit like what we said about heaven. You see, spiritual death, when you've got this death inside of you, when you're this zombie, you're in a condition in which human beings are not fit for the life of the ages to come. You see, heaven is this incredible place. And, and in some places, the Bible even talks about the end when we go to heaven, and it talks about it being like a big feast, a, a banquet, a marriage banquet. Kind of like when, when a, a bride and a, and, and a husband get married, we're going to have a, some, a similar and analogous thing with, with, with Jesus. But imagine you're sitting down at the banquet, the wedding feast, and in walk a bunch of zombies. Ah! We're going to have to kick them out. They don't belong. They don't want to eat the delicious cake. I think mine was a carrot cake at Aaron and I's wedding. They don't want carrot cake. They want brains. Unacceptable. No. Absolutely not. Zombies don't belong in heaven. Those who are spiritually dead don't belong in a place that's pure life. Uh, there's a, a, an author named C.S. Lewis. Many of you have probably read The Chronicles of Narnia. A different book he has called The Great Divorce. He imagines what heaven is like. And one of the things that he imagines, he says, he says, what if you're one of these spiritually dead people? And you see heaven and it's beautiful, it's glorious, it's wonderful. And you see the, the grass and, and the grass looks just, just so green and so sharp. And if you're the kind of person who's spiritually dead and you try and step on that grass... It's like razor blades in your feet. It's too real. It's too beautiful. It's too perfect. And if you are dead inside, it hurts you. Heaven's no place for you at all. You don't belong there. Well, if the problem is death, then the solution is spiritual life. Let's look at the context uh, uh, again to talk about how we get this spiritual life, this new life, this heaven-fitting life. But God, who is rich in mercy because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in trespasses, he made us alive together with Christ. By grace you've been saved. 
and raised us up together and made us sit together in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus that in the ages to come he might show the exceeding riches of his grace that we'll be ready, we'll be fit, we'll be right for the ages to come. And so we've been walking around as zombies, the, the, the walking dead, and God in Christ makes us alive. And parents, this is the first thing in your note sheets. In Ephesians, being saved means participating in or sharing in Christ's death, his resurrection, and glorification so that our spiritual death is replaced with his spiritual life. Participating in or sharing in Christ's death. Kids, uh, what kid, anybody here like sharing? Okay, if you, if you like sharing, I want you to come to the front. We got some sharing to do. So if you're, if you're you know, what's the cutoff age? Uh, Tori, Tori, you're not allowed to come forward, but anyone younger than you. Anyone younger? Yeah, what, what, okay, so we're going to come, we're going to have a little sharing activity here. Yeah. Okay, now, kids, you'll notice what I got here. I got, I got three bowls up here, right? These are the sharing bowls. All right, you, I, I've set this up, well, let's be honest, my wife Erin set this up so that uh, you could have some, some fun, some sharing fun. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to have a deal with you. You, you get, you get to share in whatever you get, find in those bowls, okay? So um, we're going to do it one at a time, one at a time. I want you to go to the bowl on, on our right, their left, the one with the white towel, and who's going to volunteer to tear off the towel? Real flourish here, guys. You've seen magicians. It's like, whoosh. Okay, don't, someone got, okay, Lucy, you got that? All right, Lucy, tear it off, tear it off. <gasps> oh, donut holes, what? Sugar? This early in the sermon? Terrible idea, terrible idea. All right, guys, go ahead, Sharon, go grab, go grab, go grab a donut hole. You get a donut hole. Come on back, come on back. Share, share to each other. This isn't a solo thing. Share to each other. Show me you know how to do it. Yeah. Awesome. Alice, would you like a donut hole too? Nope. All right. All right. And when, once, you, once you got your donut hole, come on, come on back up here. Once you got your donut hole, come on back up. Two donut holes. I love it. That's awesome. I think there's 50, so we should be good. Just Sam, get back up here. Get up here. Stop stuffing your cheeks. A chipmunk. So basically, sharing is fun. Yeah, it's awesome. All right. Well, uh, let's let's see. We need another volunteer. Another another flourish. Cammy, you want to do this? One? Wait, Cammy, you already did this. Such a good job with announcements. Let somebody else shine. Ronan, you got this. All right, man. Ronan, you're up. All right. Big flourish, dude. Big flourish. David Cofferfield. Go with the green. The middle. Let's go with the green. A little bit of a letdown. What is it? Go and get there. Go Sharon, Sharon, Sharon. See what you got. Show, show everybody what you got. <laughs> obviously, obviously a little more for, for the guys, but sorry. Yeah, oh, fun. We all get to play together. We get to shoot. Um, we're going to talk a little bit about mem- Memorial Day at the end of the sermon. Um, but one of the things that we honor is, is the honored dead. Yeah, it's fun. You know, when, uh, when, when Alice saw this earlier, she was like, oh, Toy Story. Because if you guys remember the Toy Story, there's like the sergeant. Oh, yeah. yeah, the plastic army man, right. Like, yeah. Makes a 
Yeah, 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 yeah. That's, that's fun. So, so here's a couple. So we food, we can share in that. That's awesome. We can share in army men and playtime, toys. We can share in that. All right, need another volunteer. Another volunteer. Uh, wait, who hasn't been up here? Oh, yeah, go ahead, man. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and big flourish, big flourish. The last thing we get to share in, last thing. Whoosh. Oh, sweet. Okay, guys, go share it. I think we got it up on the screen here. Oh, there. Yeah, great job. You're tearing up a picture of my daughter. That's really, really great. All right, guys, why don't you go sit down? Y'all go sit down. Sit down. Terrible. This is terrible. Sit down. Be gone. Do you all get a piece of a picture of my daughter? Great. Sad, sadly, I don't even know which one this is. I think it's Olivia, but I could be wrong. Um, so you notice, though, notice a little interesting thing here, kids. Sharing in donut holes, super easy to do. We all just take one, right? Sharing in little green plastic army men, super easy to do. We all take one. Sharing in a picture of my daughter, not as easy. Why is that? Well, it's because birth, when you're born, that's something you do alone. When you become like a big brother or a big sister, you can't participate or share in your little baby brother or sister's birth. Birth is something you do by yourself. It's solo. You're alone. You know, another thing that you do alone that you can't share is dying. Dying is something that um, when it happens, it happens only to you. Only to you. You can't share it. It's not something that you can share or participate in. It's something solo. And yet wait, and yet wait. Look at the text again. Look at this. But God, who is rich in mercy because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved. And he raised us up together and made us sit together in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. But guys, this is impossible. You can share in food. You can share in toys. You can share in almost anything. But there's a couple things you can't share. Death and new life. That's something you do by yourself. It's something that Jesus did by himself. And so you think about it. It's not something that's within your ability to do. No matter how hard you work, no matter how lucky you get, no, there's no being in the right place in the right time. There's nothing that you could ever do that could make that happen. Let's go back to our, our text today with this in mind. This, and, and let's look at our second textual key and see if we can get deeper into what Paul's talking about when he talks about grace. This is our second textual key, grace and the gift of God. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God. It's not works, lest anyone should boast. What is grace? Not a rhetorical question. You can raise your hands. Yes, Mignon. Undeserved favor. That is an excellent, excellent definition. Yeah, Doug. God's riches at Christ's expense. Okay, yeah, that's, that's actually going to be uh, really... Yeah, yeah, go ahead, Chris. 
what is it? Are you, who's giving the sermon here, Chris? I mean, what is this? Silliness. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Those are all, those are all awesome, awesome uh, definitions of grace. And uh, so unmerited favor. So it's a, it's, a, it's a kindness or a favor that you don't deserve, but someone gives you just because, because they love you, they care about you. Um, it's power. Uh, to, in, in us that we can, we can do what we can't, couldn't otherwise do? Sure, sure, yes, yes. Well, uh, Doug's definition actually brings out something. Guys, in Ephesians, especially in chapters 1 and 2, there's a special use of this word. It's special. It's new. It's different. Uh, it's in Ephesians 1 and 2. Um, let's take a look at a, at a, at a couple of places where, where it's, 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 it's used. Look at this. Notice the, uh, the approximation, the closeness of the word riches and grace. This only happens in Ephesians in the New Testament. In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace. Riches and grace are real close. And then again in chapter 2, that in the ages to come he might show the exceeding riches of his grace in his kindness toward us in Christ Jesus, that un- unmerited favor that Mignon brought out. And there's another one um, But God, who is rich in mercy, there's that word again, rich. He's got a lot of it because of his great love, even when we were dead, made us alive. By grace, you have been saved. Only in Ephesians does Paul write this riches and grace together, so tightly, so close. And there's a reason for that. We talked a couple weeks back um, about how God's got like a treasure trove of grace stored up in in heaven and he just wants to pour it out and lavish it on us so we could bathe in it. That song we sang earlier, uh, Grace is an Ocean. Well, we're all drowning or swimming in it. The idea is, is that God's got this richness, this deepness, this incredible, powerful, incredible grace. It's a special kind of grace. I call it in this next slide, an extraordinarily gracious grace. It's a gift of God. And the reason this grace is special, the reason that it's so rich and so extraordinary is because it's a gift from God. It's it's a kind of grace that only God can give. I can give grace. I have to give a lot of grace because my kids are very poorly behaved. And in order to make sure that I don't, well, in order that they don't grow up in total fear of me, I have to have some grace. And I have to show them a little favor when they really don't deserve it. And they show grace to me. When, when I lose control a little bit, they forgive me and show me a little bit of grace. But this kind of grace right here is the kind of grace that only God can give. Uh, kids, uh, got, a, got another little thing for you to do. So, so come on up. We got, a, we got some fun time. Got some paper here. Miss Colleen prepared this for us. So, I don't want to bend over because my pants might, um, might rip. So maybe someone, uh, yeah. So make sure everyone gets a piece of paper, okay? And, uh, oh wait, parents, if your kids aren't allowed to use scissors, uh, totally don't let them come up right now. Just, Yeah. Um, so everyone gets a piece of paper and everyone gets some scissors, okay? Everyone gets a piece of paper and everyone gets some scissors. And, why, and once you got, once you got paper and scissors, why don't you come up here on the stage so everyone can see you? Because I've got a special task for you to do. Special challenge. Extreme challenge. 
I just, wow. All right, team. Here's the deal. I want you to take this piece of paper, and I want you to take your scissors, and here's what I want you to do, okay? I want you to cut a hole in the piece of paper, okay? Hold on. Don't do anything yet. Just wait until you hear the instructions. This is challenging, okay? Here's the deal. You're going to cut a hole in the paper so that the paper itself has, you know, the borders are intact, all right? I don't want uh, no ripping the paper. You're going to cut a hole in the paper, and the hole has to be big enough so that you can get it around me, so I can step through it, okay? So, guys, I'm a little bit extra large, uh, so good luck! Yeah, uh, so go ahead, go ahead, everybody. Get, get, do it, cut. Guys, you need to cut it. And so you're going to cut a hole, okay? And then I'm going to step through. I'm going to step through the hole, okay? So go ahead. Esther, Esther, here's the thing. You can't, you can't cut the... Oh, okay, you got it. You're good. No cutting the borders, though. I saw a few of you. Really? No, that's... You're, you lose. Okay. All right. Oh, Cammy! Oh my gosh! Look at this one. Yes, yes, totally doable. So, all right, team. Here we go. We're gonna test. We're gonna test her hole. Oh, I better uh, unbutton this. Don't lose it. Okay. Yeah, I got. Okay, I got it. Here it comes. Here it comes. Got to get the second foot in. Okay. Oh no! Terrible, Cammy. Zero zero points. No tape, dude. No tape. Okay. That's not how it works. Sam got a good one. All right, man. Here we go. Here we go. All right, I'm going to try the other way this time. I'm going to go top to bottom because that'll probably work. Oh, no, dude. That's just... What did I say, man? I said a big enough hole so I could step through it. That's not even a hole. Okay. Um, guys, I got to be honest with you. I got to be honest with you. I'm starting to get the feeling. And... You, tell, me, tell me if I'm crazy here. I'm starting to get the feeling this might be impossible. See, I, I think, I think, I don't think, I don't think. Awesome. Ah, yeah. Working on it, man. Appreciate that. Yeah. All right. S- sit, sit down. You guys did a terrible job. Not one of you succeeded. Just, no. Horrible. Horrible. You, did, you almost nailed it. Good job. Okay. Yeah, see, it turns out in life, friends, that some things just aren't possible, right? No matter how hard we try, no matter what kind of work we put into it, we just can't do it. And yet, with God, even the impossible becomes possible. Miss Colleen, could you, uh, could, you, could you come on up here? Let's hope this works. 
Oh, okay, yeah. Uh, while she's finishing that up, kids, you can't be made alive if you're dead. You can't um, be raised with Christ. How, how could that happen? How, how, could, how could you experience what he experiences? It's impossible. It's not something that you can do. It's not like trying to get good grades. It's not like trying to um, achieve this or that. It's something that is just beyond what human beings can do. And yet, Paul tells us, with God, this becomes possible. True story. Originally, I was going to cut that. <laughs> I could not figure it out at all. There's like, there's like a step-by-step process, and I'm just like, nope, that's never going to happen. So Colleen, thank you, Colleen, for graciously helping. And this is the second thing on our note sheets, friends. God's grace in Christ, it's extraordinary. It's special because it is impossible. Kind of what Chris was saying a little bit earlier. It's a gift that only God can give. This isn't like donut holes. It's not like army men. It's a gift that only God can give, and nobody else can give it. And that's what makes it special, because what God is saying he's going to do is impossible. He's going to make you alive, and you are dead. We've looked at two textual keys in Ephesians 2, 8, and 9. Let's look at one more to really get at the heart of the text. For by grace you have been saved through faith. And that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. There's a special role for faith. And the question is, what is it? What kind of relationship happens between faith and what is impossible that makes faith so important? What is faith? Yes. Believing, yes. Sierra. Sometimes believing in something you don't always see or hear. Belief or trust, that's right. Well, hey, uh, great news. Um, You guys get to watch a little small clip from the greatest movie that's ever been made. All right? It's pretty exciting. So you guys know already what what the movie is? Guys, I said the greatest movie of all time. It is a Star Wars movie. Um, Force Awakens? No, come on. Empire Strikes Back, that's right. If your favorite movie is not The Empire Strikes Back, your favorite movie is wrong. Yeah. Um, (laughs) I I could go on and on about why I love this movie. But in this clip, in this clip, uh, Luke Skywalker is trapped on Dagobah, a a swamp planet, and he's learning to use the Force. And his master, Yoda, is trying to teach him what it means to use the Force. But Luke's got a problem. He's got a big problem. He needs to... This is really terrible up here. I apologize. We'll clean that up later. Uh, Luke's got a big problem. In order to leave the planet and help his friends, he needs his spaceship. He needs his X-Wing. But his X-Wing is stuck in the swamp. But now Luke has an idea. Maybe... Maybe he can get it out.
too big. Size matters not. Look at me. Does me by my size, do you? Hmm? Hmm. And where you should not. For my ally is the Force. You must feel the Force around you. Here. Between you, me, the tree, the rock, everywhere. Yes. Even between the land and the ship. Luke knows that moving the ship is impossible. He can't believe that impossible things happen, and then they don't. Yoda counsels him instead to trust that what is impossible is possible with the Force. The Force is not real. Star Wars is not real. Jesus' death and resurrection and the power of God, however, is real. Jesus died 2,000 years ago. We can't go back in time to be with him. And even if we could, we can't die with him. We, we can't be raised with him. We can't sit with him in the heavenly places. We can't die or be raised or be glorified. There's just no way. So what could we do? The fact is nothing. We're absolutely doomed to remain in spiritual death. Zombies the walking dead. But there is one thing we can do. The only thing we can do is just trust God to be impossibly gracious. In some mysterious way, by the power of his spirit, in a way that we can't understand, we can't quantify or, or explain, that he can put us on the cross with Christ, raise us with him, seat us with him, despite all the distance between us and him.
We don't have any hope, guys, except trusting God to be God and believing that he saves us as he said he saves us. That's it. If you accept that you are spiritually dead, it's like you're at the bottom of a well and there's one tenuous rope, one frayed little rope, and you have to reach for it because there's nothing else you can do. You can't get out on your own. Trusting God is like grabbing onto that rope. Precisely because the task of new life is impossible, it can only come through trust, through faith. If it were somehow possible, we wouldn't need faith. We would need some combination of hard work and luck and wisdom and insight. But spiritual death isn't like that. Sharing in or participating in Christ's death, his resurrection and his his glorification, it's not like that. It's not something you can share in unless God does it for you. So all we can do is trust that God can do what he says he can do and that he has done it for us. Only when the task is impossible is faith the only possibility. And that's the third thing on our note sheets. Because the gift is impossible and can only come from God, trusting God, is our only hope for receiving it. On the back of your note sheets, I've tried to capture the spirit of Ephesians 2, 8 and 9 in just contemporary, everyday language. If, if Paul were here and he was explaining what he said, this is, I think, kind of what he'd say. He'd say the life you needed was impossible to get So only God could have gotten it for you. And in a fit of extraordinarily gracious grace, he did just that when he made you alive with Christ and gave you Christ's life. This was a gift you could never have gotten on your own and therefore a gift you could only ever have received by trusting him. So don't go around thinking you had anything at all to do with it. Trust me, you didn't. You couldn't have. Nothing you have ever done or will ever do, has anything at all to do with making the dead alive. That's just not something given to us. Maybe there's somebody here who's dead inside. Your heart is corrupted by sin, and you've never trusted God to save you and give you new life. Friends, I am here to tell you today, however old or young you are, If you simply trust him, if you simply believe in Jesus, you will have what Jack said earlier, eternal life. There's nothing you do for it. There's no way to prove you got it. You just have to believe. And if you do, you will have God's life. You will have been made alive with Christ, raised with him, sitting with him in the heavenly places today and forever. If that's something you want to do, come talk to me after the service and we'll do it together. Let's pray. Father, we admit that we cannot do the impossible. We're dead without you. We're corrupted and broken. Don't fit, don't belong in the heavenly places with you. Don't belong in eternal life. We just don't have it. And it's not something we can get. It's not something we can earn. It's not something we can, we can strive for. 
It's not something we can have just by being in the right place at the right time. It's just not for us, and we can't do it. But God, we trust the good news of your extraordinarily gracious grace. That in Christ we die. In Christ we can be raised from the dead. In Christ we can be with you forever. And all we have to do is trust you to make it happen. God, I pray that there is a soul here that needs to be enlivened by your grace. And I pray that that soul trusts you today. I pray that everything we do in this church will be a reminder of that simple grace that you've asked nothing of us, that you've done everything for us, that by your grace you have made the impossible possible. In Jesus' name, by whom these things are done, we pray. Amen.